Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The following program contains names, places, and events that have been anonymized or fictionalized for the purposes of protection and safety. The following program is provided for entertainment purposes only, and any commentary from the hosts are strictly conjecture and should not be held as making any definitive statements about the truth or identity of any particular individuals or circumstances. If you or a loved one are involved in an abusive relationship, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 for support. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Mackenzie. I'm excited for um, another episode of Dating Detectives, but I always love seeing your face. Oh, I love seeing yours, too. And we had quite a week. We should start by talking about last week, I think. The people deserve a little. 100%. (laughs) Follow up. Man, thank you guys so much. You all, a lot of people reached out to us about Jim. We got a lot of comments. Let's give like a big virtual hug because a lot of people were triggered by it. And rightfully so. A lot of people can relate to different elements of being in a relationship with someone like that. And we really... Yeah. If, I mean, if ever any of these stories, we always try to like let you know a little bit up front what's going to happen. And if it's not something you can take, like we understand that. And also if it makes you feel less alone, that's really our goal. So we're here for you. Yeah. Sometimes when you see that other people are going through something, it might trigger something in you to realize that you're not alone there. So I think that's a really good point. And when I talked to Jim, I asked him and a lot of the, a lot of the pieces kind of got edited out. Um, because we wanted to make it shorter for the show. But I told him, I said, you know, it's I, I think that a lot of people aren't going to like you. Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared? He's like, no, yeah, totally. I'm totally prepared for that. I'm prepared for anything anybody says. It doesn't bother me. Like, I understand what I did. And, you know, I'm I mean, we talked to- about how like narcissism extends itself more than just being obsessed with yourself in a positive light. Like it's also mm-hmm. negative and victimizing yourself. That's yeah. also a part of narcissism, which I never really thought about, but it makes so much sense. It's still centering you. Yeah. It's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned we cut some stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and I was thinking maybe we could do like a, maybe we could do like a separate, an like extended. Yeah. Like do an extended version. Cause I like, we hear y'all. Know, we hear you guys. And so many people wanted to hear. The rest of it, even though a lot of people were infuriated, but they're like, I need to hear the rest. So (laughs) that might be something that we make available to you. Yeah, we wanted one. There was so such great insight from the experts that came on. So thank you to them again. And yeah, we we like brought the core of it um, into the primary episode. But yeah, we're thinking about doing extended cuts of this and maybe other episodes. We're going to I guess this is kind of an announcement. A Patreon is probably coming soon. Well, so, everybody knew that was kind of in the works. Like, yeah, we have to. I, there's no shock. Really not to. <laughs> I know. So if you're interested in that, like, let us know because we think we'll do some extended options so that the people who love the in and out good stories get get to it 
episodes, that's the main stuff. But then if you want more dating detectives, we'll give you more. I feel like a lot of our a lot of our listeners can't get enough. And there's always a comment that says, we need more. Why can't you do more episodes? I'm like, We're I trying. We really appreciate the support that you guys give us. And um, some of the episodes are kind of silly, but there are some that are obviously are a little bit more serious. And I guess that the episode today. Yeah. So the episode today and episodes that we've had, had in the past are a lot about like fixing people. I know a lot of us tend to be someone who wants to fix something or make it better. And I think that's an ongoing theme. So we have a guest today who is really like, what a storyteller. First of all, I'm really excited for you all to hear the story. We're making it two parts. Um, so mentally and emotionally prepare yourselves, but it's a long story. And yeah, a big like theme with this one is how I think, yeah, the need to fix people and the, the desire to do that. These dogfish can prey on that and it makes us at times more vulnerable. And it's so human, especially as women, not only as women, but man, I've done it. We've all done it. But yeah, we'll talk about it. Well, should we go ahead and jump on into today's episode? I think that's a great idea. Kenzie, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Sophia, take it away. Tell us what you got. Okay, so I should start by saying that I am a fixer, which is like a, a, a broad part of like how I end up where I was. That's something I find in common of everybody else on the podcast is that we're yeah. all fixers, which would be like collectors of broken people <laughs> so i like to collect broken people to try to put them back together because what i found out and didn't know then was that if i'm so busy fixing these people and gluing them back together where they all fall apart and you glue them back and they fall apart you don't have to look at yourself Ugh. right so very profound i'm also a serial dater so <laughs> I've been through many relationships, trying to fix and fix and fix. And I realized that they're mainly like alcoholics and drug addicts, which I am not, but I, ha- I know enough about them. But like, they were going to break me. And with all that fixing was going to, it wasn't helping anybody and it was actually hurting me. So I was like, I need to find somebody who doesn't need to be fixed, aka someone not on drugs and not on alcohol. Or not drinking alcohol because my parents, they didn't drink or do drugs. And they have this firm belief that like, not only if you do them, are you automatically like a homeless addict somewhere, but also they like believe in the exact extreme that like, if you don't do it, then nothing can be wrong with you. Like, like those are the only two options, like delinquent. Right. Addict or Mm -hmm. perfect. There's nothing to worry about. Okay. So it just, it was just a really weird dichotomy. And so then when I got online, I was like, you gotta meet somebody that's not gonna do drink or do drugs. So I was like, you know, where's the best place to find people who don't need fixing? Mesh.com. Okay. Nobody needs fixing there. Of course. Everybody's already fixed. That's why they're matching.com. So (laughs) I was like, ready to go. They're like, Therapy is a prerequisite to Match.com. Maybe it should be. I did meet my husband there and it was, it worked out. Wait, I would, I would join an app or a dating website if they like 
made your therapist like sign something to say like they are a therapy. release form yeah i think there should be a website where like you have to go through a background check before they'll approve you to be on the dating site honestly so i need fixing.com i don't need fixing so i went on mesh.com and um i mean i met people and you know like if you are on there long enough it's just like a revolving door yes of the same like people so I find this guy. His name was Brian. And I talked to him briefly. It's weird. He asked me if I was a nurse. And I don't have any idea why he asked me that. Because I I do know a lot of medical things because I watch House and Chicago Med. So I could probably <laughs> like, save your life with a pencil. Am. Yeah. I mean, like, if, you, if you're lung punctured, give me a straw plastic utensil and we'll go to town i'll probably save your life a butter knife i need a butter knife i mean like whatever or i can do it i have faith in myself but no i'm not a nurse so i was like where would he come up with that it's very weird but then he starts like which would naturally lead me to the question of what what do you do for a living which i which i think might have been the point but i, I don't really know um because the nurse is a strange thing to guess when i'm pretty sure i'm asked i kind of might say what you are yeah just i can't strange. remember so he told me he was a police officer, right? And um, where that may make some swoon and like, I'm not one of those people. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not like, I hate the cops, defund the whoever, and let's, you know, go to town against the Capitol. I'm not like that. I just like, it's more of a, you're not a uniform chaser. I can respect it, but I'm not going to like adore it. Okay. You know? So you were like, all right, police officer, maybe not. Well, but he went on, he went on it. Like, he, he was telling me, like, all about his job. And I was just like, okay, we passed, we went past that point now. Like, thank, thank you. And he's like, so I think he asked me, like, what, so what do you think about that? And I was like, not, not much. Oh, like, he wanted you to, like, he wanted you to be impressed with him? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, he definitely thought that was going to be, like, his way in. A uniform to my whatever. Yeah, you were just like. Maybe not my heart. I don't know. You're like, thanks for the resume. Yeah. I'm not like going to shut the door on you, but like, it's just not really like going to win my, win me over, you mm -hmm. know? And he was kind of shocked. Like, oh, like, cause I think he's used to people like seeking him out. Swooning because over him of for that. being a cop. Oh yeah. You can, t well, I could tell later on in our relationship because he, he would wear like, there was not a day that went by that he wasn't wearing something that didn't, oh. like, scream. I am a police officer. He like, loved that power. Yeah. What I learned later that I didn't know was that, like, cops don't do that. Well, that's why I'm like, is he a cop? But I won't get into that yet. Continue. It's like if I was a dog groomer and then every day I wore a shirt with a dog that said groom. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, I cut hair. People don't. Every day. Yeah. Or I just brought a pair of scissors with me all the time. You're like, you don't oh, look need... a puppy. Would you like me to cut your dog's hair? Also, I feel like most police officers, yeah, if they're off duty, they don't want to like be on duty. Like you no, they don't want to. You would like to not be seen as that. That's so okay. I would Red like flag. to hear from I would like to hear from law enforcement officers, men and women, and your take on how you present yourself outside the of dating. work, outside of uniform. Yeah, in the dating world, in relationships, or even just like in public in general. I would like to know if that's something you take pride in. I mean, there's something in taking pride in what you do. 
but like my you know my a lot of my dad was law enforcement and he you know he wasn't like crazy about it but they do take certain pride in it but i would like to hear yeah. from other get older it's it's definitely a pride thing of course because like as you get older and like it, it becomes more of like i mean you have a history of being in a war you have a history of being law enforcement it's something that they get more into my grandpa always has his air force hat on and it's so cute yeah no your femme tuition was like i think there's a way that it's chill and there's a way that you know when you look like gi joe and you're going to mcdonald's <laughs> when he was like gi joe do you need the gun belt? Do you need, like, are you, do you need the taser? Are you afraid of the prize? Like, what's happening? He was flashy. He was flashy about it. Yeah. Okay, so what happened as you, like, when you met him and you guys, like, started connecting and, and like, going on dates and stuff? So, you know the, those escape rooms? Yeah. Yes. That's, we love doing those. I actually ended up finding them terrifying. But more or less, because I was, like, you're locked in the room with, like, a man who's, like, you know, got a gun. It's just not. You know, it's weird for a first date. It's strange because I was like, why didn't he show up here with all this stuff on? Like, where are we going and why am I in a locker room? He was in an escape now? room. He's like, I need to bring my gun. I know, but I was like, should I be escaping? You're going to get out of that room however however you need. No, I'm obviously kidding. Those are like, you do puzzles. You do like a Sudoku to get a, open a door. Like, you don't, you don't need to be in uniform. Right, we're not shooting our way out like Indiana Jones. It's just our, our minds or a thought. But he showed up like we were going to shoot ourselves out. So I was like, all right, well, okay. We got to give this guy a chance, right? Because the main thing was like he didn't drink or do drugs. So like at every point then I felt like, uh, nah, 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 yeah. You were brought back to your initial intention where you're like, it's so hard to find somebody that's not doing right. these things. I just always would come back to that. Like, okay, so we're at this thing, and I'm, like, not really feeling it in the, in the room, in the escape room. And I'm just thinking to myself, you got to give him a chance. So he starts telling me about, like, what, what he does at his job, right? Because I'm thinking he's nervous. When you're nervous, you, like, talk about what you know, right? Naturally, like, mm -hmm. you're not going to talk about what you don't know. But, um... So he's talking about what he knows, which is his job. And he tells me he's, like, part of this big SWAT. You ever seen SWAT, the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, he's part of, okay. They come out. They save you. They're usually saving, like, I don't know, a town full of sad people. And that's him. <laughs> so he's second in charge of a van that sits and lies in wait, waiting for drug people. Like meth dealers. Okay. And they just sit and they wait in their van that he's second in charge of. And then they pop out and they go, no meth, and, and arrest him. Okay. So it's like vice, but for drugs with surveillance. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. It's like being a police officer, but Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but you're second in command in a van. That watches meth heads. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I was never a police officer. I don't have a history. I don't know anything about, like, can I ask a quick question? Had you talked to him about your desire to find somebody who was not a drug user or a big alcohol yeah. user? So he knew that you were interested in this. And also, you have said that you have grown up in the extreme. So now he's telling you that not only does he not use drugs, he is the extreme of somebody who's 
profession is to I didn't even think about that, but rest yes. drug users. I'm just I'm just, just observing. Okay. It turned out that that was true. It was true. He did he did not drink. He did not do drugs. Right. So because I have been in that I've been in like every bad relationship you can possibly think of. Oh my God. We could do like nine episodes. I'm just like, ugh. Maybe it's, we will. It's so it's so horrifying. It's funny, but it's it really is sort of funny. But like you have to laugh. He, he really didn't. Mm-hmm. And that was maybe the only truthful thing he said. But what I come to find out, like looking back, telling him about my history with guys who drank and did I believe I opened the door to the fact that like I clearly didn't have the highest of standards. If my standards were that you weren't a drug addict and a or an alcoholic, and it ended there, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's a low bar, you know? Yeah, don't blame yourself, but it does make sense where somebody like this would take and, and take note of what they could manipulate, perhaps. After he explained that what he did and, like, busted, the, you know, drug houses and did surveillance and all this stuff, so what was your, what happened after? Okay, so he, he wanted to hang out, like, every day, which... Me being like a fixer, I I would attach myself to people. Mm-hmm. So I was always the one that wanted to hang out with people every day. They were kind of like, whoa, chill. And and so now he's doing it and I'm kind of feeling the whoa, chill part. But then I'm like, you know, I don't have to do all the heavy lifting for once. So like maybe that's a good thing. I keep trying to tell myself to like, give this guy a shot and like, yeah, it's different than what you're used to. Right. And that's one thing that people told me all throughout the relationship, if you could call it that, was you haven't, you've never been in a good relationship. Yeah. So you're used to just like being treated like crap and being like thrown aside and like. So naturally, you might. want to hang out with you all day. They're doing drugs or they're, you know. You might reject. So the fact he wants to hang out with you every day is like good, I guess. Had it been any other individual, they'd be like, that's not healthy. But since it's me, mm-hmm. healthy's a low standard. So on the days that I was finally able to be like, nah, my daughter's sick. She may die or like, I don't know. Oh my Lord. Something. It always had to be something real serious because nothing was ever really a good enough excuse. So it had to be like, you know, she's have malaria or like something bizarre. And, and he'd be like, oh, okay. And let me off the hook. You know, because he never... He never, like, made me walk. But, like, it would be this, like, oh. He would guilt you. Uh, yeah. So he would try to do that. And then I, one of the days where I would be able to, like, be like, no, he, like, leaves gifts at my door. Right. Okay. So, again, we're going back to, like, I wouldn't know a good thing if it hit me in the face. So there's all this doubting of myself. Like, here's a dude giving me gifts who... No, no one ever is giving me gifts. So, I don't know. Maybe this is just how it goes. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, when someone's nice to you. Okay. But it's a little early and a little love. And I just got lucky because someone's like super nice to me. And it's like Christmas every time I say no. Like, it just gets better and better every time I deny him. So, okay. I'm not going to say no to it. Then Apple Watch shows up at my door. (gasps) Oh, nice. Can I have this number? (laughs) I know. We're like, sure, Sure, Daddy. He probably already has yours. Don't worry. Yikes. Yeah. Apple Watch shows up in my door, and it's like not in an Apple Watch box. 
Uh, right? I just got an F1. I can already guess what's about to okay. Keep going. So, keep going. <laughs> so he's like, did you get my present? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, this is cool. It's a smartwatch. So I'm thinking like, oh, it's like a knockoff. And he's like, no, it's an Apple watch. And I'm like, but it didn't. I didn't want to sound like, um, what's that word? Ungrateful. He didn't come in an Apple box, which it sounds so like materialistic too. Like, well, it didn't come in an Apple no, box. No, but that's like a fair question. It's to be freaking like, weird. Everybody knows. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And I, I was like, is it like your sister's or something? And she didn't want it anymore. He was like, no. He's like, I mean, I wanted to give you something really nice and I thought you deserved it. We've been seeing each other for like 10 days. I'm not that nice. 10 days? Oh, and my. like three of them, I had said no and gotten gifts instead. So did you keep the watch or what happened? So I did because you know what he told me was he's like, well, to be honest with you, like, I'm not good. I don't want to lie. It's like refurbished and like, you know, it wasn't that much money. And so that's why it wasn't in an original box, which okay. made sense to me. And okay, it made the gift like somewhat more acceptable because it, it wasn't as expensive as a, as a new Apple watch. Yeah. At the time, that makes sense. So I put it on and it became this thing. Like, why aren't you wearing a watch? Why aren't you wearing a watch? Why aren't you wearing And I'm like, why do you care? Do you need the time, sir? <laughs> what is going on? All the time. He'd be like, Where's your, why aren't you wearing your watch? And I'm like, uh. So this went on and on. And these, these gifts, they got like kind of not crazier than an Apple watch, but they'd be like a necklace. Like a diamond were, like, necklace. Too romantic. Like, yeah. Now we're going into day 14. <laughs> oh, good. Two weeks. That's a good long time. Okay. You're like, oh, it goes on yeah, and on. Yeah, now we're getting like real serious because we're at that time where it's like, you know, sure to get off the pot. Two weeks is mar- mar- time to get married. Yeah, let's go. You should say that. Oh, so, no. Oh, boy. We were in like a Target parking lot. And I think for whatever reason, I made him stop because I think I have this habit of like putting my purse on the side and then all the stuff dumps out. So I'm getting all this stuff, putting it back in. And then I'm looking, I like look up and he has a, has a ring and I'm like, oh, that one's not mine. Like, did, that didn't fall out of my, like, isn't like here, this fell out of your purse. Uh-huh. That's what I thought he was doing. So I'm like, oh no, no, that's not mine. And he's like, no, but something like, but it, but it is or like, yeah, but, but I want it to be, but it could be baby. Yeah, it was like a frozen moment in time. Like, cue this, the music. Shania Twain was there. And the heavens came down. And he's like, um, will you marry me? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I was he's, like, he's like, will you marry me? And I, first of all, I have a really dry sense of humor. Okay, so there's... Are you blunt? Oh, yeah. So what happened? I'm, I cannot hide my feelings. So I start hysterically laughing. Hysterical. I am like laughing so hard I'm crying. I cannot gather myself to save my life. And he's sitting there staring at me with a ring. And I am just like in pieces. Like, this, you are good. This is funny. He's like, no, it's not. Oh my God. And then I was like, what? 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 No. And it's just, just like, what are you talking about? You're like, I don't even know your middle name. Like, what are you exactly. talking about? I don't even know how to spell your last name. Oh, my God. So he starts, like, crying. Oh, which, oh, which puts me in a worse situation because he's crying. I'm laughing. And then I'm trying to, like, cry laugh. Like, 
I'm trying. I'm trying to act like I'm not laughing by acting like I'm crying, but it's actually just coming out worse. And so then things were so awkward. They were so awkward. So he is just like, fine. You know what? I'm glad you think I'm funny. And I'm like, that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, no. No, I don't think you're funny. I don't think this is funny. I just, I'm just, I'm really honored. But I, <laughs> but I just, I can't, I can't right now. Because he's like, why? I'm like, because I just have some things that, um, some like hard, like things that need to happen before I'll get married. Yeah. Like, Much less. Like, maybe a couple more. No, yeah. Times. Yeah. Right. To spend together. He's like, what? Like what? I'm like, well, I, I need you to meet my best friend. And I need him to meet my parents. That's going to be a nightmare. And I need <laughs> my daughter Oh, hugely. Okay, yeah. So he's literally, you've just like spent a lot of time together. That's a big deal. Those are big deals. Yeah. Whether or not those were like, well, they are real reasons, but like they they seem to me to be like valid, not, dude, you can't even spell my last name. No, 100%. Right. But it is interesting. I mean, it's interesting you were in a position where you felt like you had to almost make up excuses. It sounds like you were doing a lot of like, I'm making up an excuse. Compromising. Like, have my own I mean, space. most I'm people, I always, le- I always leave Target so happy, but I feel like this fella did not leave Target happy that day. Oh, yeah. So how did this day end? So he, we ended up going to Denny's, and so he knows everybody everywhere, and I don't know how, but he just does because well, he's a cop. Interesting. So he knows a person at Denny's, and he's telling them about how he asked me to marry him and how I laughed in his face. And how he's now crying again. Oh my god! His pancakes or whatever. And I'm just sitting his like pancakes. Oh my gosh! He is, and I'm like, oh my god! Like when I thought things couldn't get worse, I'm over here. We're crying over our pancakes and eggs. Denny's. Two o'clock in the morning about the proposal you made 14 days in that I thought was a joke. Blah blah blah. Now you're sort of laughing about it, but not with your friend. Cool. Pink. So she looks at me. She thinks I'm terrible and. I'm just like, he just made me feel bad. That was the theme. It's like, he always made me like, he guilt tripped you. He was always trying to make you feel yeah. a little guilty. It was always this like idea of, listen, I, you told me where you came from. You told me that all your boyfriends were like drug addicts and alcoholics. And like, I'm not, which that's not what I meant when I said that. Like that I wanted somebody like that, but that's like, you know. That's how he took it. Yeah, and I'm a cop. Yeah, he was yeah. like, you're not going to, he was like, you're not going to find, you're not going to find better than right. me. So. You right. should consider yourself lucky. Yeah. I that mean, I asked you. Yes. To marry. Yeah. That, okay. That yes. Tracks. Okay. So go ahead. And so I texted everybody I knew. And I was like, okay, do you understand what just happened to me? Because I'm waiting for people to be like, yeah, this is crazy. Okay. Run. Time to get out of crazy town. This is a fun ride. We were wrong. This isn't just normal. He's not just n- nicer than you're used to. Say goodbye now. You know, I'm just looking for a reason and excuse. My dad goes, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, finally, she found somebody. He was ready nice. to walk you down the aisle at Target. So I never got that whole run. No one ever said that. Everyone was just like, well, maybe he just really likes you. I mean, you're really nice. I'm like, dude, I'm not that when nice. When you know, you know. Like, that kind of vibe. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, and also, I want to just make it clear. There are relationships that have moved that quickly that are successful. Oh, for sure. But, well, I just want to, I know we're going to have a listener that's like, well, that's 
And listen, we know that it happens, but this is probably a special scenario because she's on the dating detective. Yeah. So, okay. So let's hear the rest of it. So what happened? So it's just a pattern of like constant, constant that whole guilt tripping. So then he calls me and he's like in a panic, right? And at this point, at this point, somehow he's living with me. I'm not surprised. Like officially moved in or just like staying every night? The whole part's a little bit fuzzy. Like, I don't remember how that exactly occurred. How long was he, quote unquote, living in your house? I don't know. See, one thing and that's important to say is that like the whole thing was six months. Okay. The whole relationship? Oh, yeah. And a theme I think that I'm, I think is relevant to, uh, not that our listeners don't already know, but in a lot of the stories that we talk about, stuff does. Way too fast. Well, no, it just gets really murky and confusing in the middle of it. And like details get blurred. And I think that's like a trait of a lot of these stories that when you're in the middle of it, it does feel like so much is happening. You're not always clear on what's happening. And that's Mm -hmm. part of how these things get away with it. One thing that I had said when I was writing out, I wrote out like the story so I could figure out what was totally like you said, what was going on. And it really helped. It helped me so much more than I ever thought it would because like I was so confused about what had happened. And like one reason is that you can't see the forest through the trees when all the trees are falling on you at once. Oh, that's such a great point. What was happening? Everywhere I looked, there was a tree. There was a tree. It's so easy to look back and be like, how did I not see this? But it's like in the moment. Yeah, it's a lot harder. And I'm so glad that I did. Like, I'm so glad that I did this and that I did look back at it. Because I, my whole life, like the way I look at it, the way I look at this whole situation, how it's affected me the last five years, it's destroyed my life. Like, is amazing. Like a total 180 because you just can look at it through a different vantage point. and And it's so different. But just like you said, there are so many things happening that you don't see the, you don't see like the car going towards the end of the cliff because you are too busy looking around, stop wondering where the car's going, which is a lot like all my relationships when I was with alcoholics yeah. and drug addicts. So I can't remember when I know it was too soon, clearly. Right. And I know that that's all I know. Everything was too soon. So he's sleeping at your house. He's already asked you to marry him. Okay. So what happens next? So he calls me, he's like, panicked and I'm like what's going on and he's like I'm, I'm thinking about moving I'm thinking about quitting my job and let's move to Florida so I'm like what's going on I can't tell you over the phone and yeah I only I can only tell you at home which is where the home park is so he comes home and I'm like what's going on he's like I was called into an interrogation this morning I'm like a what an interrogation okay what'd you do it was about you huh beg pardon I'm like about me and he's like yeah it was about in regards to my relationship with you. And I was like, what about it? And he's like, in relation to your drug drug trafficking. Beg pardon? I'm, I'm sorry. Like, excuse me. What? What? Excuse me? <laughs> I can't tell you over the phone or text message because they're listening. But I was told that the FBI and the DEA have an active investigation going on with the, on you for drug trafficking. I was like, No. Why would they think that? And he was like, I don't know. And he pulls out this conversation that I had with somebody from a while ago. And like, wait, on what? I'm not. On his phone? No, it's a piece, piece of paper. Okay, so like a transcript? Yeah. Okay. And like, I'm, I'm not a drug. I wouldn't be able to traffic a teddy bear if I tried. I don't even know what that traffic even means other than like cars and buses. So whatever. He pulls <laughs> out this thing. And, and yeah, I like, 
I don't want to say I did drugs, but like whatever. I like you've experimented. Yeah. Yeah. And and this was a moment in time where I am talking about, you know, getting stuff or whatever. Okay. It was not a it was no trafficking ring. But it was a conversation that was real that I had with somebody about and he using gave drugs. it to me. It was a text message conversation. Right. Right. And he gave it to me because the FBI gave it to him. Which is not that's not how that works. I don't think the FBI would well, I don't think the FBI give a shit what I'm doing at all. Well, I don't care. I don't think they care even if I had a drug trafficking ring. Yeah, it's also like it they don't care if you did if you bought weed like one time. Like that's not what you're talking about. So the whole time that he had this was like at first it's absurd that he's saying it. And then it's like laughable because of drug trafficking. Did what, he hold on, things? did he get conversation after the Apple Watch? Yeah, this is all after the Apple Watch, right? So was the Apple Watch connect? Did you ever connect the Apple Watch to your phone so that it could record texts or whatever? Well, like it would be. It goes further than that, but yet. Oh, I'm fully convinced he's talking to you through the Apple Watch. Okay, so carry on. So what happened after that? With every single like ridiculous lie that he would say that would literally be laughable, there was like something always that was like, but then why would he? But then how did he? Like, telling me that he was part of that special squad that pops out of a van with the drugs and stuff like that. Laughable, right? Mm -hmm. Until he shows up with, like, a legit merch store full of apparel that's logoed in this made-up team name that they have, right? So, the van and the drug man and all that was funny, haha, until I saw this get-up. And then I realized, oh, wait, he's serious. So then the FBI thing is funny until, oh, wait, he has a conversation they gave him. It's serious. Right? So, like, all these things, you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and obviously you're at the time, you're not thinking, oh, this Apple Watch is fishy. Like, you have, this is now proof. Yeah, he's giving me a, a legit transcript that they gave him about drugs. Yeah. And I'm like, it's still sort of unbelievable to me, but then I can't really be because because he's got this. Just like he, I didn't really believe that he was a cop until he like started showing up with the gun belt and the gun and the whole the you know the pants with the eight thousand pockets in it. All of these things seem so in, just like incredible, not in the cool sense, but in like a fantastical sense. And then yeah, there would always be this like kernel of ah. yeah, you know, like. The forest through the trees thing. You're like, oh, wait, I'm beginning to see that. And then a tree. It's you. So you and did he, believe him or you didn't believe him? Well, this is the thing. So he says, they asked me and I told them and did, did, did. And I'm like, well, there's a quick way to clear this up. I'm just going to call him. Call who? I'm going to call the FBI. I'm going to call the DA. I'm going to call whoever, the president, what, whatever. You tell me who I have to call. I'll call him. I'll take a drug test. They can search my stuff. They can search my yeah, family okay. stuff. I don't care what they do. I don't have anything. And what do you say? Well, Billy, they'll fire him. He's like, you're not supposed to know. I'm only telling you because I care about you. Right. You should be so lucky. Yeah. Okay. I can't. What he was saying. And if I, if you tell anybody, they'll fire me. And then it'll basically be my fault that he's out of a job. So the guilt comes on of like, obviously I don't want him to get fired. And like, if there was any way that I, 
knew where it came from or that I had like any inclination that what he was saying wasn't true, I would have for sure been like, no, go on, play running and bike. But like, yeah, you believe I it. just don't, I don't do that to people. And, and I felt like, okay, we're just going to see how this pans out. Like how long could it possibly go on? Cause I'm not trafficking drugs. Yeah, you were so like, like, okay, invest. Fine, fine. We'll wait it out, you know? So he then tells me that they've decided that they're going to be surveilling me every day. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he's like, see up there? And like points out the window. And I'm like, yeah, there's these two dudes, right? And they're sitting. <laughs> they're literally looking at me. God. And I'm like, what? And he's like, so I'm not supposed to tell you, but that's them. Why are they like telling him? I love that he's like, I'm really in on this case. Wait, like, I know who are these dudes? But he hired them. Yeah, probably. Hired actors. So then he's like, and they're tapping the phones. And at this point, he's got me, he's had a conversation on me. There's dudes watching me every day. And no, I'm not just like thinking it in my mind. They were there every day because right. I was there every day. And if I left, they left. And if I came back, they came back. Telling me that someone's tapping my phone, no alarm bells go off in my mind because so much crazy shit's already going on. It's like, join the ride. Like, what? So the thing about that is, like, before this happened, I I lived my life. I wasn't afraid to live my life. I had a lot of friends. I went out a lot. I took my daughter out. Sorry, it's like, I, um, I just did things. I just lived. And this, like, was the beginning of me not living. What a doozy. I am like, well, there's definitely, I know that not only the cliffhanger, we're sorry, but like there are similarities Uh, to- I'm not sorry. This is a a crazy story. (laughs) Blame McKenzie. Um, The cat, raining cat and dogfish episode. There are already so many similarities, I feel like, to the raining cat and dogfish episode with just like how- Actually, Kyle and Morgan. Yeah. It's like people will go to such extreme lengths to control you. What is that? Well, and also I feel like- with her, like, it, the problem, first of all, do I trust this guy? But also, how do I trust myself? Like, when you feel like something is wrong, how do you trust that them to which end? And how do you, at what point are you like, okay, am I just being crazy? Or is this really happening? Which I think well, is really common. Yeah. And when you're in the middle of it, this theme, we talked about it, like, it feels so confusing that it's not as clear as it is after the fact. That comes up yeah. every time. And I loved... Uh, shout out to our producer, Molly, who decided to post this on social media because this was such a good soundbite from last week's episode talking about how this kind of trauma, whether it's from past relationships or this current relationship, it's like betrayal or, yeah, it's a trauma to your femme tuition, if you will. And then you're yeah. not able to trust yourself even more. Well, and Sophia talks about also with her history with her parents and what she is thinking to be true based on what they've taught her and what she's learned otherwise. And she's trying to fit into their mold. And so there's a lot that she's dealing with internally. So I'm just, the whole story is just, it's very, it's a loop to 
We haven't really talked about this, but it's not a new theme. And I'm curious, maybe not right now, but at some point, it'd be kind of interesting to talk about how like relationship models our parents or our families, however we were raised, like whatever kind of relationships we were raised around, like how that impacts our current relationships. It's no secret that there's a connection, but I'm just like, this was such an interesting case of how she looked at a healthy relationship based on how she was raised. And unfortunately, that wasn't like the best for this case. Yeah, well, she kept thinking about what her relationship should be based on what her parents had done and said. And I think a lot of people get into relationships without thinking about that. So it's, it's crazy. I'm, I'm, you guys, wait till you hear the end. It's nuts. And in the meantime, if I'm sure people have their own experience, whether it's with drugs and alcohol, parents, this kind of, I mean, there's so much in this story already. So please let us know what you think. And we're excited to share part two. Yeah, don't forget to tune in for part two. I'm sure you won't because you'll be commenting how, how wait for part. <laughs> wait, I'm yeah, going gonna, so- gonna to post, I haven't posted, but I I made a Spotify playlist for the dating detectives as a way to like give you some dating detectives energy while you're waiting for the next episode. So I'll put that on social media on uh, after this episode drops so people can at least like feel like they're listening to to these songs with us love it so much um in the meantime you guys make sure to stay in touch with us on socials um follow us on instagram at dating detective podcast and if you have a story that you want to share with us on the dating detective no story is too crazy please feel free to um email us at investigate at dating detective pod.com please do and we love you and stay safe trust that femme tuition always anything else next week you guys next week you'll hear the rest goodbye Mackenzie my dating detective goodbye my armchair snooze